Alright, this is Holtz for you from Autocore. And this right here is the words of Krom. And if you do not listen, to hell with you! I guess I'll do the usual intro. Uh, welcome to the words of Crom. I'm Dan. There's Stu because he's not going to say his name. Well, I'm Nick, and welcome. So we were just discussing off air um, all this retarded kind of Facebook shit, you know, where if you share a photo, it'll suddenly magically dispel the effects of cancer or AIDS or poverty or something like this. And Dan was about to get into a particular Yeah, because you, you know that there's a doctor in a hospital go, somewhere going, I could have saved that girl's life if I'd only got 30,000 likes. Yes. With only 10 more likes, I could have saved her life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, well. There are three distressing images I've seen, which no one should have to see. Number one is... And I don't, I, didn't, I don't even know what's wrong with the baby. I didn't want to know because I got a quick look at the photo. Oh, I've seen that. Looks like a little alien scabby thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with the poor thing. Looks fucked up. I don't know what's wrong with the poor thing, but this little baby looks, well, for lack of better words, fucked up. Like Phil said, it's a very unpleasant image, very upsetting, and no one should have to see it. And again, it's you know someone's posted it, but like pray for him, whatever. So that's not going to make me feel any better. And also, I don't pray. I'm sorry. Number two, a dog, a pit bull, I believe, that has been savagely wounded in another dog fight. It's covered in all these horrible, bloody wounds. It's got a very upset, sad-looking look on its face. And massive dog lover that I am, I hated seeing this image. And again, you know, uh, it was on Facebook because someone, a, a friend of ours, had liked it, and it was under the heading, uh, like, if you are against dog fighting. Well, of course I'm against dogfighting, but liking it on Facebook, A, isn't the soul of it, and B, again, I shouldn't have to see that image. And C, the third one, not as bad, but still, I think it's exploitation. Picture of a little girl, I think it's a girl, could be a boy, little girl, bald, you know, holding up a sign saying, I kicked cancer's ass. Talk about exploitation, okay? The parents of that kid should not be making it hold up at such a poster and then posting it on the internet, okay? Cancer is a person's own private battle, and now this little girl's got to share it with the internet, you know? Just like, uh, just... Well, if she wanted to, though. I'm sure she didn't. I'm sure she doesn't understand the concepts of Facebook. I and even... We're talking, we go, we're talking like a five-year-old I've girl. seen that picture. She's a child. Uh, I agree with you entirely, Dan. However, there was, there's some times when I definitely think posting pictures on Facebook can be for the great good, and... I saw one recently, and it was two fucking knobheads holding up a dog in a noose oh that I didn't know if it was alive or dead. It was this tiny little puppy that they were hanging, and then they were doing the fucking peace sign, kind of like it was fucking that like they were badasses. And it was share just so we can find out who these fucking cocks are, so we can get them arrested. Right. And I'm like. Fucking yeah, that happily share that. Kind yeah, of I shit. understand that. Yeah. If it involves getting some, bringing someone to justice, you know, for it, being a knobhead, all for that. You know, abso- in that, that sense, absolutely. But that still sounds horrific. But yeah, if, they, if those two twats and twats isn't a good enough word, if those two evil cunts are found, then yeah, they you know they deserve far worse than a prison sentence. Yeah. What's really? annoying about for me on Facebook at the minute is the amount of people. Two or three in particular, who repost every oh my dog's lost, help me find it. Where did you lose it? Luton. 
How the fuck am I meant to find your dog? I'm in fucking Manchester, you prick. <laughs> and there's one that's in US as well. I keep seeing, oh, help the missing, find the missing dogs. No, it's on a different fucking continent. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> anyway, uh, those are people that, that, surely that's people that who you know, or the person you know knows that person. That's not, not a faceless, just pointless yeah. thing. Oh, not because some of them like pages. Yeah, on so Facebook, like, lost dog page. Oh. And the, it's, it's, it's basic same principle as when you post a comment on the, uh, someone's complaining on Facebook to a company. And they yeah. keep popping ah, up and popping know, up and popping up. It's like, I don't care. You know, on that note, I would like to say that, uh, as we all in this room know, HMV Bolton has been saved of the coal. Loads of HMVs are being killed off. and. Yeah. Trevor Moore's been executed. Indeed, he has. Joyous. It's a shame it wasn't Simon Fox. It, it's a massive shame it wasn't Simon Fox. The, e- the evil's not, it's not... You can't call him evil. No, he's not smart enough to be evil. No, but... He was yeah. inept. Inept person who's gone on for a high-paying job in the Daily Mirror. Is just, but part of his HMV board... the Daily Mirror. Trinity Mirror. Oh, dear. The company that owns the Mirror and others. Oh, dear. Well, if you read that kind of rag, you're fucking wrong anyway. Well, so. there's no, the thing is, there's no justice. You know, we drove HMV to the ground, they've got a massive, huge payout. They've got a massive, huge payout, and now they'll go and destroy the Trinity Group, and they'll get a massive Good. payout for that. Yeah, but, yeah, but they'll get a massive payout for that as well, there's no justice. He's rich, and it's not on. Yeah, but happy for HMV Bolton. But yeah, so HMV Bolton has been saved, and uh, there was a reason I brought this up, because uh, Stu, happened, where, when it came out that HMV was going into administration, Strew... Strew. 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 <laughs> Strew or Strew, as he's now known, uh, Stu wrote an angry post on HMV's wall, and it turned into one of those things that goes viral, and most of strangers comment on, and... Uh, and you had a lot of people agreeing with you, and a lot of people calling you a bellend. Um, <laughs> uh, did you read many of the comments? Read them all. How did you feel? Thought it was funny. <laughs> someone offed someone out for a fight in it as well. That's what I, I read it, yeah. <laughs> That's what my um, words diatribe could bring. And I, I find the, the power exhilarating, and I'm going to now become prime, prime Minister, I think. Please do, please, please, please do make the rest of us members of your cabinet. Can I be like head of UFO studies? Yes, awesome. Can I be foreign secretary? Um, foreign secretary is awesome. Yeah. No, I think I'm going to be foreign secretary. You can well. be prime minister and foreign secretary. I can do what the fuck I like. I'm just, just, just <laughs> head of UFO studies. <laughs> <laughs> um, can be home secretary. But anyway, uh, I know we've all expressed our bad memories that we've had from HMV mm. but I've also had a lot of good memories there so on a selfish level I am glad that Bolton is safe and also we have friends who work there so well I think the brand as well it would have been a shame yeah. for the brand absolutely mm. absolutely and th- the fact is HMV you know is a very old company now and spent most of its life not in any trouble it's a shame for it to you know wasn't Doug saying that they were looking at doing the whole Taking the HMV brand into like supermarkets. I, I misremember that. I believe the supermarkets were looking at buying it or something yeah. like that. It might be wise if they did do that. I mean, you can buy boxes of Thorntons in supermarkets, you know. Well, I mean, I was in Asda the other day and they were selling, like, not even. I mean, you, usually the reason the supermarkets used to sell much cheaper is they buy, like, the 
the newest films. So like at the moment they'd have like Looper or you know you know decent like recent modern films. Was in Asda they were selling stuff like Troll Hunter. It's is that Norwegian or yeah, it's a Norwegian film. So not particularly. You know, not like a huge seller. Mm. Selling it for like four quid. Decent. That's a ridiculously good price for a good film that isn't going to be like on the top ten lists of any kind of, you know, chart anywhere. But as they're selling it, no mm. wonder fucking ancient media going under. Absolutely. Went in there the other day just to buy something. Uh, ended up getting Cabin in the Woods on Blu-ray because I still agree that if it's a film that you really like... Own it. You should own it. it. I'll, I'll happily pay a good price for that because it's a good film. That if, if it's a CDR film I love, there's no question I want a physical copy of it. With with Doug's discount, that was ten quid, which I'll happily pay for that because it's a great film. I was going to buy Batman the uh, the the new Batman film, sixteen pounds on DVD. I enjoyed it. I ain't paying sixteen quid for a fucking DVD though. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Especially as whereas the previous DVDs were all two disc editions, the DVD this time is only a one disc edition. I've started now not buying DVDs. I've been bought two today. <laughs> um, I'll buy a Blu-ray just because of the extras. I, the, th- yeah. the fact is because yeah. the DVDs now are getting to the point where there's nothing on. They're phasing yeah. out DVDs by putting what could fit on the DVD onto the Blu-ray. Yeah. I think it has reached that time what I'm going to do with what we did with all our VHSs. We don't own a single VHS in our house. I think it is reaching that point where they're all going to slowly but surely be bought again in Blu-ray format. You know? uh, but yeah, good news both in HMV is safe. Anyway, I was on the bus home the other day uh, with my mate Sarah and I was lamenting with her that somehow the government has discovered that I am now earning quite a good bit of money and they've realised, hang about, he went to university. He owes us Student money. Student loan money. Mm. Student loan tax! So, this last month I lost about 60 quid of my wage to student loans. And she's in the same position. Now... I get that when I have a bonus. Barring any interest, considering I've been, I haven't been a student for 10 years now, there will be a lot of interest. When I left university, say say if I've not been touched with university, the amount of money they're taking off me a month to pay that back, again, excluding any interest, it will take 25 years. Right. It dies up when you're farted, doesn't it? I don't, I don't know. I, I thought after 10 years they'll just go, fuck it. No, Let I know it. it's... It's either oh, 40 no. or 50, thankfully. Still... The government is arguably bankrupt, so they're not going <laughs> to let that deck... D- nah, just let him have it. We pay 120 quid of fucking council tax. What the hell do we get out of that? Well, I can... Your silence speaks volumes. No, I can give you the answer. Fuck all. Or you pay for all your services. What services? Well, Please. to keep your bins Fine. being collected and all that shit. I'm not saying it's worth it in terms of... Are you getting £120 worth out of it? But that's what it is. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It, the, the same with the buses. Ridiculous. You pay so much and you get fuck all for it. Anyway, the idea came across. I was speaking with, with my mate Sarah on the bus about this and said, "You know, I wish. You know, what would you do if you get if you found hundred grand? Would you declare it?" And she goes, "No, because the tax you. If you ended up t- keeping it, you'd get taxed for it most likely. And yeah." Well, what, what, you mean like a cheque for a hundred grand? Yeah, somehow, somehow you came with, got a hundred grand, 
No one claimed it, so you actually got it. I bet they'd tax it. But if you found a hundred grand, you would never find it in cash. But if you found a hundred, found it in cash, I, bet, I still bet they'd tax it if you somehow ended it. Even if you did the good smart thing, handed it in, and after I don't, I don't know the law, but you know, <laughs> after after so many months, whatever, no one claims it, you get it for yeah, free. You get. I bet they would tax the shit out of it. I suspect if it was a hundred grand, as opposed to like rather than police, some, like a mobile phone or something, I think. The government might want that underground to be fair. Yeah, mm. and if there's underground been left about, it's probably not legal. <laughs> no. Same. Um, Half of it's full of I'm blue pretty, dye. I'm pretty sure the same goes with when you change your will. If you die within six months of changing your will, the government keeps fifty percent or something ridiculous Dicks. like that. Are you serious? I'm sure. My ma- when Rick, his mum, my mate Rick, his mum, instead of changing her will. She just gave him loads of money, uh, undeclared money, because she didn't want to change the will and have the government tax it. Fucking shocking. Cunts. Anyway, but the idea was, if you were suddenly given 100 grand, what would you do? So Dan, what would you do if you were suddenly given 100 grand tax-free, didn't have to declare it, there's no guilt, you don't have to, you don't have to think some fucking poor old woman's fallen over and lost her life savings in a pram or something. It's 100 grand, it's yours. What are you going to do with it? Uh, the cliche thing I'd do is I'd go travelling. I'd see a lot That's of the cool. world. Where, where would you most want to go? Uh, you know, I would love to see Oceania and that whole area. So it would have to be Australia and New Zealand and all that lot. And uh, I would love to see some of the Orient. Uh, see some of the wilder side of China and Japan that the tourists don't see. I'd love to go on safari, which obviously I was meant to do last year. Uh, I would love to go on safari. Uh, would definitely go across all the states in the US. We'd love to see all of South America for that matter, actually, because no one, no one thinks to go to South America. So would you spend a hundred grand entirely on, on travel and experience? No, I, I would. I would spend a good portion on seeing as much as I could, but I would also want to invest some. I would invest in buildings and stock and etc. Because that is, never fails. The thing is, it's, it's still uh, you know, hundred grand ain't going to buy you a house. No, it's not exactly. It's not. It's you know. not going to get you much in the world. I would. Uh, I would buy Shit some. House. I would. I would buy some land. Mum, Dad, <laughs> Nick's got an opinion on where we grew up and in domicile. If I if I had the money left over to do so, I would buy some land so that you know no one can build on it and that any wildlife living there would be safe. That would be a nice, selfless, good deed to do. I would like to do that. Uh, and then when you run out of money, flip the land, sell it to a developer. <laughs> That's why it's what you paid for it. That would be an evil thing to do, but yeah, it's good, it, it, it's good economics. You can't argue with the economics. If it now, a hundred grand is a. It know, wouldn't get you very much land. Oh, it wouldn't. Well, it wouldn't get you very much. Well, it wouldn't get you very much land, but again, it's not enough to dream that big. I mean, like, if you won a million quid, if it was a million quid, is a very different thing. You if could you had, live off forever on a million. Yeah, quid. if you had a million quid, you'd be inclined to give your mates a thousand quid just because you could, you know. Whereas if oh, I won a hundred grand, I'd give. A lot of my mates are grand if they wanted it. It's hundred grand. Yeah, but then you'd have some mate who you speak to every now and again. Tell the fuck off. <laughs> my my close mates would know that I, I would definitely treat close mates. Get in, boys. Happily, I would happily treat you in. I wouldn't say just give you a, a grand each. You'd definitely get. Something. But then you'd get taxed. You'd have to buy us a thousand pounds worth of goods. No, I'd, I'd, you'd buy. You get some money laundering. Of course. This is money laundering. But it isn't. It is. It isn't. Rather than say... If Undeclared Nick, amount of money. 
making it legit by buying guns, guns. not putting in bank accounts. <laughs> That's money laundering. Well, it, Nick said it's totally legit and totally money. legit. Totally legit. Actually, it won't be that. That's legit money doing something legitimate with it. Then. Yeah, a, a grand. No, it wouldn't be. It's a bit of a loophole, but it's not even that small amount of grant you can just transfer fucking anyone. But if you was to give any substantial amount of money, like to receive, if you want to, if I won fucking Euro Millions and I was ultra loaded, and I thought right, I'll give you all fucking million quid each, I couldn't give you a million pound because of tax. You'd be heavily taxed on that. So instead of buying you, uh, giving you a million quid, I'd buy you a house, a car. And yeah. blah blah blah, and then that it'd be a gift. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see it's that. Cheeky. Rather than paying taxman, I go right, Nick. Where do you want to live? Yeah, I see that. Right, bought your house there. Off you go, Stu. Where do you want to live? In the garage above Nick's place. Right, then off you go. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your leather jacket. <laughs> So there's no specifics, not anything specific to do with underground. Oh, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm going to rephrase. The, I'm going to go back. Of course, I completely forgot something. I definitely, genuinely would do. Forget the investing in the stock market and buildings and everything. I would invest in my own film company. Uh, the thing is, again, hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Now, ain't going to get you much. No, that's the thing. Exactly. I mean, you know, a hundred grand. You know, a uh, hundred grand. In America, for example, would be considered a very, very low budget affair, you know. But it would still, I yeah. There's a lot you could, uh, you know, something, something low budget uh, can be good. Something low budget can be good. So yeah, I'd, I'd push towards that certainly. Right, Phil, what do you do? Uh, Hang on, first, first. Sorry, sorry, Phil. Would you quit your job? No, because you not on that. Not on that money. Under grand. Under grand. You'd have to get another job, not long after. Eventually, yeah. I, I, you know, I would quit the job to go travelling, uh, but even then I would still probably try and take a sabbatical rather than... Extend, yeah, an extended break. Rather than quit the job. Because I imagine if I did do all, if I did do all that travelling, chances are I'd come back with very little money. I would need a job. So. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So you wouldn't quit your job either, Phil? No, I'd keep my job. Fair enough. For grand, it, I'd, like, so, I'd be like... No, you're, you're, you'd be dropping Troy on MD's desk and saying those words. But, I, so, sorry to keep interrupting, but if the film company investment were to pay off, then that's my get out clause. I'm leaving my job, my film company's taken off. Ciao. I assumed that. Mm. But, but there you go, just just in case anyone wasn't aware. You're a millionaire, you're still going to work every day to some process some, some prescriptions. Oh, someone's got a moxicillin today. <laughs> 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 Phil, so what do you do? Um, hundred grand. I'd be renting. It's fairly dull, man. I think. Uh, I'd have a a nice uh, apartment somewhere in a city centre. Uh, I'd have a couple of decent cars. Again, you couldn't buy that many decent cars with hundred grand. Some cars got, cost over hundred grand. Running <laughs> them is different. <laughs> And imagine the insurance as well on some of those cars. Yeah. Uh, and I'd have, ah, good car. <laughs> I'd spend, say, uh, 80, not 80. Grand? About 50, 60 grand on a car, yeah. For, so, like, half of the money on a car? Yeah. 
You wouldn't be. You wouldn't, wouldn't you be terrified of going? Wouldn't you be terrified of even taking it out anywhere? Is it something that would find most of its life in a garage? No, no. It'd be dri- driven, but it wouldn't be like ultra flashy. You'd think, fucking hell, that's a really sharp cat. It'd be something good, but pretty understated. I went to the Trafford Centre not too long ago, and there was a really flash, very expensive-looking sports car parked over two parking spaces. I appreciate why he. So did, I keyed it. I appreciate why he did it. So that he won't, there'd be no risk of any other car making contact with it. But again, you see someone hogging two spaces, and you do think you dick, you know. So there's something brilliant that I've seen on the internet. There's a guy who, when you see his cars parked like that, puts a bumper sticker on the car saying "I park like a douche." <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I've seen various things on like Nine Gag, for example, where someone's you know written like the Liam Neeson dialogue from Taken, you know. Uh, and you know, I, I'm, I, I've got post-its in my bedroom that are still in the cellophane, and they were bought with the purpose of putting them in my car. So if I ever saw such an example, I could get out and write an angry post-it on. But it's also, it's also <laughs> knowing your luck, you'd write it and put it under the windscreen wiper and think, and then the guy would turn around and be the. Oh, oh, worst case scenario, I, I think uh, you dickhead, get out, start writing it, put it on the windscreen, realise I've put it on the windscreen, he's actually in the car. In the car yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So your life really wouldn't change much? No, I'd, I'd be set up somewhere quite nice and I'd have a nice car. But life, existence would still... And then the rest I'd invest and have uh, a guaranteed income as, along with my job. Stu, you answered it before. What? When you brought I, it up. I know what I'd do. I'd you'd save, save it. the yeah. vast majority the bank. for a rainy day that will never, never come. come. <laughs> I know. It, it'd be, I would, obviously, I'd like a hundred grand, but in a way, it'd be an albatross uh, around my neck because. Um, maybe you should do I'd that. Go, maybe I could spend it on this, but if I spend it on this, then I won't have it anymore. So uh, that might be churlish. So I'll not do that now. This is what goes through my head. It's hot. It's awful being me. Maybe you should do really that. Is. Maybe you should buy an albatross and get it and train it to stand on your neck. No, that that is ridiculous. Risk. I would go on. I'd, I would go on holiday. I would spend some of it, but at least half would go in a bank account. Would you? Uh, for a rainy day. Would you go back to Tokyo and give two hundred quid to Coco or whatever he's called? And, uh, I get what you yeah, turn up three years later. I get what you meant by barbell. There you go. Come on, love. <laughs> yeah, would you not have any high class hooker experiences? No, 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 no. Do you not dabble in drugs? Ayahuasca, maybe. I've got an ayahuasca trip mm-hmm. in Central America. See, that's, uh, that's cool. That's what you'd I, want to spend the money on. Some of that would enhance your life mm-hmm. and not necessarily. Because I don't think hundred grand is enough to completely change the way you live and exist, but it could enhance it certainly. I would go on archaeological trips. So Christ, you'd be you your own version of time team. <laughs> Here's some there, place, too. I'm looking at this fucking wall that's on the I can imagine it'd be there on a dig and they'd like just be there using like the tiniest of brushes, uncovering this like ancient skull. Shit. And then over here, over here, look, there's a skull. Shoe comes lumbering over, falls over onto it. <laughs> oh, that was Richard the Third. <laughs> we'll never know now. <laughs> Perhaps a skull a embedded bit in your knee. <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah, but I wouldn't um, buy a car. 
I'd fucking quit my job. But you're gonna be getting a new one. I know I would, but it, it didn't. It wouldn't matter. That to me, hundred grand would be like a life reset for me. I'd be like, okay, what? Where do I want to live? I get that. Don't where do that. I want to live? What do I want to change? And bang, do it. Yes. Actually, I say this: if I'm gonna go travelling, I may as well admit at this point, which has already been de- dis- declared in a previous podcast, I still live with my parents. I'd move out. <laughs> Finally. Yes. Finally. Would you move out, Phil? That's what, what he said. Fuck said. said. <laughs> Fucking hell. I, I'd, move, I'd move. I don't think I'd live in this country anymore. I'd set myself up as a yeah, fucking the, prince in India and have fucking servants and a, and a mansion and live forever. Plan B would be move to, <laughs> move to Canada. Basically double my money yeah, to move, 200 grand. Move to America? I, no, no. Canada. I'd move to America. It's like America with manners. Oh, so if you, if you go to Canada as well, you've got a better health system over there. Yeah, universal health care system. Here's what... I don't know. I, yeah, you'd move to America, you'd fall over or get shot, and then you'd have to spend the money on yeah, healing maybe yourself. Would. Maybe would. And you, you'd then be you'd be back to square when I'm doing a podcast in a hot dungeon. Yeah, but maybe would, but at least, at least it'd be a hot change. dungeon. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be in the same place existing like you, you know, do now. Like I am now. Like living month to month. Um, my girlfriend's brother, Aaron, is one of the nicest guys ever, and he's like you two. He just sit well, not so much like you, Dan, but like you should. He just saves his money. He's got like well over twenty grand saved up, and all he does is work, come home, and exist. And the reason he doesn't spend it is because he's got nothing to spend it on. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I get that. It's fucking. Last thing, feel yeah. bad for him because it's like you could do anything, anything you want to do. That I see both sides. I see both sides of the argument there, definitely. Uh, but I, to defend myself, it is just the way I am. But also, I've had experiences where I've nearly lost that kind of stuff. So, unlike you all, I've owned a house and I've lost said house. So I know what how easily that can go to absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, but I, I get totally that. understand. I get that. I totally understand, but I mean, I've lived on the dole where I've had a job and I've not had a job and I've had no money and I've had to stress out because I've not had the money to pay the rent not been able to feed myself, had to do crazy shit to get the money to do it. So what you got to go for. It's life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Having this fucking safety net, I just think... You'll end up at 50. This is why, like, the, the idea of a pension is so pathetic to me. It's like, oh, when you finish working, when your body is done and your mind is, is a cripple, then you can relax. Then you can do what you want to do. Fuck that. Do it when your body's young and you've still got energy and you have drive. When you're old, it's pointless. Hundred grand, quit my job. Even though our job's good, well, the job we do is particularly not good. But the the place where we work is a good place to work. Um, I still quit it because hundred grand doesn't come along every now and then. What do you think would happen? Let's run it through. What would you do? Start start from day one. You've just ended in your notice. Yeah. What happens next? Uh, choose. Well, I'd want to give my parents some money, so I'd give them some money. Um, I'd then choose what I wanted to do. I'd probably most likely go to somewhere like New York or LA, and I'd do some kind of. I'd do some kind of studying. Definitely, I'd probably do a degree. I'd probably do go like New York Film School and go right. There's my money. That'll probably cost me all of it. Teach me, professors. That, that'll probably cost me all hundred grand, and I go 
right, I want you to teach me. Sounds like a good investment, actually. Yeah. And then at the end of the three years, I'd have nothing. But the same at the end of, of my three years, my four years at uni, I came out of that relative with no fi- nothing financially, nothing physically. But I would never change those four years ever. I would be a terrible contestant on Deal or No Deal because I'd deal nearly straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Five this pounds. Like, they'll give you three pounds, Jude. None of us are like Deal. this particularly, but some people, their answer to this question would be, I'd go up Vegas and I'd put it on red or whatever. <laughs> and then, because they'll go, I didn't have it before, yeah. so if I lose it, you've not, lost, you've not lost anything. Yeah. You never had it to begin with kind of thing. I'm not like that. I could never do oh, that. No, I would, I would never do that. I would that. that. No. I'd maybe risk maybe a thousand on red. I'd put a quarter of it on and test the water. Like, all on red. It's red. <laughs> Fucking hell. I can't, can't believe that came in. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, I did it once. I'm not doing See it later. Again. See you later. <laughs> You're not getting any, money, any more of my money. Yeah, I'm out of here. Do you want a free drink? No, no, no. I don't want <laughs> so, to gamble now. <laughs> so how much money would it take to change your life? Uh, I'd work it out a bit ago. I think it, in our lifetime. You worked it out? Yeah. Let me get my like piece of Like a million. Pen. If you got a million... Please um, tell me that would change your life if you got a million. It would change your life, Fucking and I yeah. would. You know, I would, actually, I would retire. Um, I work with a but guy. You, uh, what I was going to say is, if you top up how long you're going to likely be working, and if you had no outgoings, roughly most normal people in this country would roughly hit around a million by the time. Obviously, they've been spending all mm. that time, but you earn roughly a million in a lifetime. Yeah. In a lifetime, I've yeah. got a mate at work called Richard. So it's doable. I've got a mate at work called Richard who I've discussed winning the lottery with before. It's one of those conversations that you have with everyone at some point, isn't it? And um, and he says he's planned everything what he would do, and he can only get up to seven million. He's he's not he knows. Then he's got a tiny, tiny brain if he thinks he can only spend seven million pounds. Sorry, sorry, Richard, but seriously, if you if you if you got like a hundred million quid. Jesus Christ! You have you have the power to change not many only lives. your life but many many lives. Oh, you know what I would do? I would buy a giant shed and a lifetime supply of M and M's, and I would spend a very long time assorting them by colour. <laughs> if you have hundred million quid, you could pay someone to do it for you. <laughs> and just and then then mess them all up faster, when they're done. Faster! You're not doing it fast enough. I just finally like... finished. <laughs> I'd just like to say there's been some dissing of the government by particular people here not that they don't deserve it but um, I can give you a comparison to a friend who's in the US who's just got a job with the US Postal Service it's a federal job so it's a government job and he has to do his first year and then renegotiate a job before they take him on proper and he gets no leave until he does that one year and then there's no holidays there are no holidays that's which would be job. illegal in this country mm-hmm. you and said that's the a government way. job I know you said the word year weird you said the way over weird over yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's year no it's not yeah what's weird about the word over yeah and you say it sometimes you get over laddie da <laughs> it's not me who says it like that. <laughs> Are you insinuating that I say you're uh, posh? You, you say it's it posh slash Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah uh, you know. It's not posh at all. Posh, posh slash Yorkshire. Yeah, like, uh, posh. Yeah. 
So how there's a lot of rich Yorkshire people around. Have you been to Yorkshire? Would it cost for you? Would it take for you to retire? Million easy. Um, Mental. Hundred grand's not enough. Because I know I'm going to begin another job. You know, can I say the three of us got really quite excited about a hundred grand. You've taken it with just a pinch of salt. Oh, it's only a hundred grand. Yeah, all of you have. You will give him a job. Hundred grand is life changing. I'd keep my job. I, I'd keep my job and go on a sabbatical. I would still intend to spend a long time away. They're still playing it safe. Yeah. Putting it all. To be honest, my my idea is essentially putting it on red. You'd be like Vegas. No time. But at least that's completely a, out of context. Not banks. <laughs> that's completely yeah. out of context to anyone who can't see what you saw. It was a tramp sat on a step, <laughs> and then it went to something else very quickly. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Did you hear about? Um, oh, where was it? I'm sure it's in this country. It might have been like it might have been Ireland or somewhere like that. Recently, there was a guy found. He'd been missing for two years. It was a huge like land developer. He was a millionaire, and something had happened. He'd flipped out, and he just disappeared. And this family found him wandering about on this path with no shoes on, really scraggly hair and a beard. And he was prattling on, saying how he, you know, he had millions of pounds. And no one believed him. No one believed him, and it turned out it was true. It's like that guy in Red Dead Redemption. Which one? There's a guy you encounter in Red Dead Redemption. What's his name, Dan? Sadly, I don't remember. Oh, failure. Sadly, I don't remember. He's only an extremely minor character. He's one of these strangers, as they call, that you bump into. And he's, you know, he seems very well-to-do. And he says he's going to go to California. And you keep bumping into him. And the more you bump into him, the more scraggy and scruffy. And oh, out, I remember that guy. And then yeah. eventually he winds up dead with his eyeball being eaten by a vulture. Don't dream high, kids. <laughs> I think you should. Yeah, I got some American blow on my money on a film school. I just get a nice house in a car. <laughs> Regarding the putting it all on red, I just I'd like to stress out. I took a massive gamble. I went to Eastern Europe to get my teeth done. You know, I'm I'm all for putting it all on red. I just also think it doesn't hurt to save some in case you want to go black. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> so, if there's ever a situation in life where. Yeah, you have to go complete balls to the wall, or you don't do it. You don't do it. That's pretty much what you're saying. If you have to reserve something, you know what? You if know you what? have to, don't put a hundred percent into it. Otherwise. It depends what the scenario is. True. Do you but know? Do you know what was was very important in Budapest? Obviously, it was a week by myself, so everything I did over there, whether it was going to a specific museum or building or viewpoint, whatever, or talk, or just talking to someone. Or, or even getting my teeth done in the first place, blah, blah, blah. Every decision I made over there was pure me, you know. There was no one to hold my hand, you know. There was no one to assist me with the decision. Everything I did over there was me, you know. If there's one thing I came out of it with, you know, you know you've got to be more decisive about things, you know. And, yeah, sometimes you have just got, sometimes you have just got to say, right, it's risky, but there's no going back now. I'm I doing, bet you know. doing that on your own does make you feel more decisive. Because when you're with someone else, you've got to consider what they want. Like, oh, where should we eat? What should we do now? Whereas when you're over there, you could be like, okay, I want to do this. Can I you quickly run through the the calculation in your head? Can I do this? Can I get there? Is it safe? Can I afford it? Yes, do it. 
Or is it someone else? Oh, I don't want to do that. Well, what do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? I'm not, I'm not bothered. What do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. Do you want to go here? No, I don't want to go here. Do you want to get somewhere to eat? Oh, I'm not hungry. It's like, typically that would be a woman. I was going to say, and then you show, woman! <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? When I went on my lad's holiday to Bulgaria a few years ago, though, I, I must say there were, you know, there were very few moments where all four of us did want to do the same thing. If we hadn't booked this package whilst we were over there to do this 18 to 30s thing, there'd have been so many events where we'd have all gone off and done different things. Because, mm. yeah, I was always wanting to do something, and, you know, and one member of the party who... Isn't, isn't, isn't a friend anymore but he was always not wanting to spend any money and would rather just hang around the hotel and it's just you know see that's why I don't like holidays where you just go and lie about yeah. what's the yeah. fucking point I'm oh, not a beach holiday type of person. I got a similar experience to you because when I soloed Japan it was the same thing it's like it's, it's, top. Bit, it's empowering isn't it yeah. I'm in two months so that kind of one of the, the big things that I took out of it you wouldn't have necessarily thought but it has affected my life in mul- in multiple ways. Totally. Some more drastic than others, and some have worn off since. But um, but the remi- remembering it, I did, I watched Lost in Translation today. I walked home uh, to well not home. There's an area called Rapongi, which is uh, big with tourists um, at night at least. I don't don't read that into the wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, back to Shinjuku, which is big at night with tourists, and for that reason. Um, but I walked back dead at night, um, but still people about, not so many, along a route I'd not taken, so just theory, I know it's roughly in this area, which is probably like a five mile walk as well. And uh, at night, with fucking aviators on, just beasting it, and like checking a map every now and again and just shit like that which I never would have thought I'd have done this that's the one thing you've taken back from Japan's fucking walking long distances it's so doable it's not it even is. hard you know the thing is yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's a mental thing in terms of oh shit that's tons of distance but it's not tiring well it's tiring in a sense but not like running yeah. like running you'll run out of breath and you have to stop like walking you leg a leg a bit, yeah. but you you could walk all day without stopping. Well, easy. As I've, I've said to this to Nick before, I've probably not said it to either of you two. I've said to Nick before, I generally don't get hungry. It's not something I. It's not uh, a feeling I ever really get. I never get hungry. So one thing I found in Budapest was I could spend an entire day exploring. You know, walking everywhere, and then I'd look at the time on my phone. I'd be like. I'm not eating in eight hours, I should eat something. Yeah. I did the same thing. I think it's partially walking. Yeah. You must, like, because it's exercise, your body's not probably thinking about eating. I'm not a doctor, clearly. But, See, uh, no, I'm not a doctor. That's the thing, the but... day that I didn't eat anything, I wasn't really aware that, had not eaten. that I'd not eaten. It was only the day after when I was, like, thinking back and I got, I've not eaten. <laughs> See, when, when I was in um, New Orleans, I was with my mate, and obviously we were part of a larger group because uh, it was a wedding, so there's lots of, like, there's like old people, uh, there's like people our age, but from like America, but different parts of America, and we'd culminate for certain events and then spread out and then get together at night uh, at a bar, then sort of get into little groups and then disseminate around the, the city. Um, but when like uh, me and guys were on our own, or even the times when I was on my own, um, food had sort of... Cause New Orleans is so built around like 
drinking, well not really drinking, but like having a good time and there's so much like different food on offer there, you couldn't go, you couldn't go eight hours without thinking about food. Because mm. you just, you walk down the street and there'd be like restaurants here and there and be, It's titty time! And then there'd be titty time on the other side of the street. <laughs> and you could just, you could just smell the food on the air and you'd be like, mm, what's that? And you'd go, nom nom nom. It's a beef yeah. bowl shack. Buy <laughs> <Like> this. <laughs> One of the thing is, to me, eating in a different country is one of the main is one of the huge yeah, things. To I do agree, but uh, that particular element of it, so, like that bit, immense for some people because I'm not fish based, and because I can't <laughs> really ask what it is. Again, lost in translation is a bit where they bring out um, fresh meat on a platter. It's like, what am I meant to do with this? Like, am I meant to eat this raw because I eat stuff raw? But because there's something bubbling as well, yeah, they cooked their own food. That was what that restaurant did. But I would not have known that, and that person wouldn't have been able to tell me that either. True. No, I understand that. I understand that. But I don't know. So I don't think I could holiday on my own. Well, anywhere. Not in a foreign country. I, I, it's not that I get lonely. It's just that if I think to myself, even that stuff like going to Manchester. If I end up going on my own, and I'll ask him all the time, or a bus down and me went, uh, I'll spend a few hours there and have a chat and walk around and have a night back to eat, have a drink. Uh, if I think, right, I'll go on my own, I'll literally get there, park up, I'll go to the travelling man or something, buy a book, and then go, well, I could go for a coffee. Mm, probably go on. I know what you mean. I see and that. then I'll just come on and I'll go well I've got it and I've done something in my day but and no, I, see, I see that because you, you also think as well if you go by yourself you think I could buy a coffee or I could go home and make a coffee so yeah, yeah. I know what you mean it's like well, I could go baking and have something to eat but I'm on my own and I'd rather not see I don't go to the cinema because I kind of find it a bit on my own because I think it's just a bit odd mm. see last year it marks the first year I've ever gone to the cinema on my own and I've now seen four films since then, on my I've own. Got no, I've got less problem with going to film on my own because aside from the going there and back, you don't talk to people. True. The thing is that you do it does, feel if, you, like if, you're, if you're conscious and care what other people think, if you walk, if you walk into a cinema <laughs> screen, if you walk into a cinema screen and there's a bunch of people already sat down, you're very aware that even if they don't care, some of them will be looking at you coming up the stairs. And if they notice you coming up by yourself, yeah, you do feel very aware that you've come to the cinema by yourself. Do you get the nervous walk when you go up those stairs? You mean when you check your phone? No, no, I mean, the, the same thing. I go in and you're in front of everybody who's facing you and you've got to go up those stairs in the dark. <laughs> and I like, I'm always going, don't fall. Don't trip, don't fall, because no, everyone will see it. No, I don't do that. I do. And do... I do trip and fall quite often. No, I don't do that. Like I, I, I will take my phone out and go, oh, I'll just pretend to text the person I'm meeting here. You know? And I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> yeah. For no particular person. I wonder when my friend will be here. I shall take my phone right I now. I better put my coat in their seat so as to reserve <laughs> their seat. I do sort of know what you mean about when you go to Manchester on your own, Phil, because I remember once... But then I'd extend that to. Oh, I can go. Well, going to New York for my birthday. That's been beaten. I'm going with two of my best mates. If I was to go around, be like, oh, I'm in New York. I can go and do anything. It's a bit far and a bit much, though. I'll stay very local. <laughs> it's amazing going to New York and 
you know, I must say something I neglected to say about my Budapest trip um, was there were several nights where I did Skype my parents uh, because even though I am glad I did it by myself, I think it was something that I needed to do by myself. I don't think I could have had the same experience with company there. But again, on days where there was low self-esteem, uh, it wouldn't have hurt to have had a cuddle, you know. So, it, you know, it was nice just having a two-minute chat with my parents on Skype. Yeah. No, as I was going to say, like, in Manchester, years ago when I was with a girlfriend and I had to sort of kill time in Manchester for whatever reason, I hated it. I hated just walking about HMV or wherever, mm. knowing that I'm not here to buy anything, I'm just here to knock kill about. Time. And it's like... This is a completely inefficient use of my time here. It's the same with shopping. When I go to the shops, I practically know exactly what I want to get. Because yeah, you're get in, get out, and then fuck off. Yeah. And you know, it's just. Well, I said I've got. I think I've got Manchester history in my <coughs> my ultimate aim is because I want to go to comic shop and buy comics. But we'll go elsewhere. We'll go around shops, go to a pub, have a drink, have some food, spend a couple of hours in town, rather than if I'm on my own. I think, well, I could go and have a bite to eat, or not necessarily drinks. So I've driven in. It's like, well, I've just spent like 30 minutes driving here. I've parked up. It's going to cost me six quid for two hours. I should really use these two hours. But what I'll actually do is use 20 minutes. I'll walk to the comic shop, browse briefly, buy some comics, and then come home. Yeah, but do you, do you not think... Would you not want to speak to anyone in the comic shop? Yeah, so obviously that's, that's what Dan's done in, in, in Budapest. Yeah, so. I speak to Harin, manager at Trailing Man. Yeah, but what about the, the other customers? No, no fuck them. <laughs> Cause because that's what I you want... can do on holiday, though, is is meet other people and you know that different. And yeah, I know it's different scenarios, but it's like you know, it's great. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be aware if people would want to be talked to. And because I, I'll in pubs and stuff. When we went pub last night, there's a few people because I've been in, in that pub several times now. He recognised me, so I walk in and start talking to him. But then equally, there's people in the pub who I don't know and. I don't know if it'd be the dumb thing to kick up a conversation with them because it might be like me and just think I don't want to talk to you I don't fucking know you see what was yeah. great when I went to LA I went to LA by myself um, obviously I made friends whilst I was there so that was different because I was constantly hanging out with people there but ultimately I went by myself uh, my suitcase got sent to Florida on the other coast of, U- of the USA so, so I spent days without a suitcase and one day I was at reception checking if there was any update from the airport and this cool cliche American guy was next to me and you know with like a Stetson on you know and uh, he was he had his laptop set up and uh, and the guy goes and the Wi-Fi passwords blah 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 and the guy goes you don't have Firefox and I was like, yeah, I'm with you on that one, Firefox to bed. And he said, like, hey, where are you from? We had a great conversation. All this came from because he didn't, he didn't like Internet Explorer. Who does? Um, but just that, we had a great conversation just from that. And I bumped into him a couple of days later as he was going to the swimming pool. And he goes, hey, Manchester! You know, just... I did that in New Orleans. We were on a, a balcony. And there's these two guys who had, like, big Stetsons on. They had, like... Big loud like shirts on and, and and trousers and they had like these big like belts on and one of them even had a knife on it on his hip. I was thinking that's blatantly they're just taking the piss. They were genuinely ranchers from Texas who uh, they were like eighteen years old and they just come to come for like spring break or whatever it was at the time. And I remember they, they spoke to me because they were trying to get people to buy them beer and they were 
dude, where are you from? I was like, I'm from England. Like, oh, that's awesome. Like, will you buy us beer? I'm like, yeah, fucking, I'll fucking buy you beer. Happily went and bought them beer and then I had a chat with them. Then they, they went off. And then, like, two days later, ran into them on the street, on Bourbon Street. I'm like, England! I'm like, Texas! <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they go, hey, buy me a beer. beer. <laughs> is that still a knife on your side? Yes, it is. Okay, here's a beer. He had a fucking knife on his hip in America. It's like, this is amazing. And then there's people smoking, which wasn't obviously amazing, but it's like, this is a different. Obviously, you think, obviously, it is a different country. You think this is a totally different fucking country to what I'm, I'm used to. Actually, uh, can, I, can I tell you my favourite story from LA very quickly? Um, no. Well, I'm going. <laughs> I'm not. No, I've been filming. <laughs> uh, me and two of my friends that I made over there, a lovely, wonderful German man called Mark, and a uh, a very cool Swedish guy called Tomas. Uh, we went out one day. I can't recall where we went, and we all returned to the hotel, and we thought we'd all go up in the lift and go to the bar. As we were waiting for the lift, these two proper surfer dudes come over to us. I'm like, hey, how are you going, guys? And we just got talking to them. And, uh, and I'm like, hi, I'm Daniel. I'm, I'm from England. And, uh, and Mark goes, hello, I'm not going to do the action. Hello, I'm Mark. I'm German. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and <laughs> Tomas had quite an American accent, as some, you know, uh, non-English-speaking countries generally do when you learn English. They learn from watching American TV. So Tomas's accent was quite American. He was like, uh, hey, I'm Tomas, I'm, uh, I'm Swedish. And, uh, and one of the American guys goes, oh, cool, I've never been to Switzerland before. And Tomas <laughs> goes, neither have I, I'm Swedish. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Americans. American geography. Yeah. I would like to say as well, obviously, I think we should all echo it. Uh, first, congratulations to Arno Carr for hitting their Kickstarter. Absolutely amazing Kickstarter bid. Okay, uh, Dan, who is not so involved in the promotion of this or any project he's involved in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, more of a, I'm more of a poster boy, you know, I'm more of a, you know, mm. I'm, I'm the face, you know. You, you guys are the hands, I'm the face. Yeah, <laughs> the highest. We do the work. The <laughs> highest thing that you could do for the Kickstarter would be uh, involve them flying them over and they're playing your living room. Yeah, do you know what Kickstarter is? I'm very well aware of what Kickstarter is. Yeah. Do you know Arno Cara? You should. We have mentioned them. I know who Arno Cara. Arno Cara. Wait, that was a mispronunciation. I, I know. Who, I know who Arno Cara. Yeah. They were. They well, they are producing their new EP, uh, and they basically put it out there to see to try and get five grand to have you know their fans pay for it and obviously you get something back from it and I believe they got it in like two days and they actually raised what is it like 16 grand mm. no, I don't know what the final sum is a so, lot of money a lot of money um, and obviously that's because they're so good to their fans and obviously they've been so good to us been very good to us by recording an awesome promo which you'll have heard at the beginning of this episode yeah or potentially at the end. Or when it, wherever in the we middle, choose to every, put it in. Every ten minutes. <laughs> every ten minutes. <laughs> Between every word that a stew says. So congrats to them in fact as well. On the, kick, good. on the Kickstarter note, uh, uh, Peter Molyneux, you know. I hate that guy. I like Peter Molyneux, but he's... He's, he's not, a man of many promises. Yeah, that's yeah, very that, rarely that, I do like him. This game's going to suck your dick. Actually, when it comes out, well, I didn't think the computer's got Because Microsoft fucking chat on me, I couldn't do anything. So. Uh, 
Peter Molyneux certainly does promise more than he delivers. I think, if anything, he's just guilty of getting too excited about his own projects. Okay, at the end of the day, though, he's still the guy who gave us Theme Park and Dungeon Keeper and the wonderful Fable games. Uh, <laughs> but he he left Lionhead Studios last year and went and farmed or just became the head of a, a studio called 22 Cans. And they're working on a game called Goddess, or Godus, I don't know how you choose to pronounce it. But I know that they're funding that via Kickstarter, which I think is very cheeky. Surely he doesn't need Kickstarter to, to do a video game. We were saying... Um, it involves a community, though. I was I, saying... I agree with it, to be fair. I agree with Kickstarter. In principle, when it's like um, Arnorcar, where it's an indie project, and it's something unique, and if, basically, you're buying the product... Already. Before yeah. it's being made, in, in essence. So you can keep up with it, and I agree with that, but it's when it's a big company who um, could get funding through traditional means. Uh, go to that, because it's easy. Yeah. There's talk of a certain filmmaker potentially doing this. A well-known filmmaker. Not Kevin Smith, is it? Yeah. It's, it's banded it's it. fucking peasant fucking fanboys will pay for his movies so yeah good for him he'll get but to be honest yeah, he, he could probably go to a movie studio and they'll go yeah well mate we'll fucking give you 10 grand to fucking make one of your shitty films mate because we'll make money off your peasant fucking fanboys <laughs> sorry Phil you know what there was a fanboy no, 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 no. peasant you there peasant a, fanboy get out there was a fanboy at the Kevin Smith gig that me and Phil went to there was a fanboy who was dressed and looked like exactly like Silent Bob you fucking idiot Wait, no. You're fucking in. Dressing right. up as Darth Vader is one thing. Yeah. Dressing up like Silent Bob is completely another. I, I completely agree with you. I completely oh, agree with you. It's on the same level, to be honest. It's dressing up as a film character. No, no, it's not on the same level. It's not on the same oh, level. okay. Uh, well, we can, well <laughs> we can debate this in just a moment, but, uh, but he was dressed like Silent Bob, and they got him on stage, and he was in proper Silent Bob character. He, he barely spoke, apart from to do the odd Silent Bob quote, and... And, you know, basically that was someone who was taking his love for Kevin Smith to the absolute extreme. And, yes, that is someone who you know is going to go on Kickstarter and, and pay off. Pay $100. Yeah. Wearing a trench coat and not speaking is not taking something to the extreme, in my book. You, no, and that's should, where the difference between... No, yeah. That's Silent Bob, though. Silent Bob doesn't speak. I know. Yeah, but you should have seen this... I'm saying that there's no effort in that. That's yeah, not yeah. extreme. I, I agree there's no effort to that extent, but this is a guy you can tell lives, breathes and sleeps. It was a pitch-perfect thing, though, because, like, it got people up on stage to do this game they were playing before, and they were, all, they were chatting to him while they were preparing what they were going to do and blah, blah, blah. And then it comes to his turn, and he says, oh, man, how are you doing? And he just, like, does the Silent Bob kind of facial expressions. It was quite... It was, it was funny. It was cool. It, I I appreciate it, but I'm a peasant Kevin Smith fanboy. You know what? I was about to say Kevin Smith is not my bag. I enjoyed that evening very much, Phil. I enjoyed that evening. It's certainly not an area. Your face said otherwise. The that, picture of you going in, going. Ah. Well, you know, the thing, I, the fact is, I did enjoy it. There were laughs to be had. Maybe sometimes I was laughing because everyone laughing causes you to laugh sometimes. Sheep. Peasants. Anyway, uh, you get up on stage. You're peasants, don't you know what you're doing with your lives? But yeah, there's also a lot of times where everyone was laughing and I wasn't. And I gotta say, Kevin Smith, I don't terribly mind him, but I do hate that Jason Muse. What a douche. <laughs> the thing, right? This, this, the, everyone knows why I hate uh, 
Kevin Smith. I'm sure it's been discussed on the podcast. Possibly. Possibly. I've discussed it with Stu. Anyone who listens. Anyone who listens. I have that corner in the street. What I dislike, it's not necessarily Kevin Smith fans. What I dislike about any fan of anything is if they're so... Blinkered. So blinkered that they will... I'm sorry, Dan, I'm going to accuse you of this. Because sometimes people can fuck up. Yeah, a lot of mega hardcore fans can completely wash over and go, no, it's not shit. It's great. It's yeah, great. Right, I, can, I... I can 100% admit Arnie has made some shit films. <laughs> I will 100% get behind that. If, if someone I love makes something shit, I will not go, you know what? That's awesome. Kings of Leon, Dan. After Only By The Night, which I've fallen out of love with that album. That was a great album. The album after that was dog shit. It wasn't. It was dog shit. Uh, it, well, it, it was dog shit. Let me express and my, the sales reflect that. Let me express my opinion. First of all, uh, Only By The Night was their, you know, was their Nevermind by Nirvana. It was their, you know... Whatever other influential black um, album by the time. Yes, exactly. That was their big album. So no, whatever album they did was never ever ever going to uh, have the same success. Come around sundown, I think, is not their best album by far. There are ska- there are tracks on it that are very skippable. You know, whereas for example, uh, because of the times, I don't think there's a single skip single skippable track on it. So, yes, is it one of their weaker numbers? Certainly, but there's also some fantastic numbers, and I love the song Pyro on it. Love the end, love uh, love Radioactive. So have they not produced an album that you think shit? Not at all, not at all. I'll go with you first, because... You go, you, this is why you're one of these fans who are thinking, they but, can't do any wrong. No, but, uh, Metallica have done some shit no, albums. Metallica have done some shit albums, the fact is... They're a great mm. band. I love them. But the fact is, uh, I'll be the first to say, are there some skippable songs on that new Kings of Leon album? Yes, there are. But I, the other songs are fantastic. That's not me with my blinkers on. I think there's the other songs are... Foo Fighters, last album. Their la- that last album was their weakest album since One by One, which is also a very weak album. There, I said it. Linkin Park, I love Linkin Park. Their last album is their weakest album. Gash. Period. It's Gash. Disappointingly shit. shot. Use, use words that people can understand shit. It's disappointingly... <laughs> Not disappointing, it's it bad. It's disappointingly short. It was bad. Let, fucking let me talk. It's 35 minutes long, which is very short for an album. That's very disappointing. Okay. Um, oh, a fucking megalanth for a punk band. And, uh, <laughs> and 80 tracks. <laughs> no effects. 35 tracks. How long is it? 26 minutes. So would you say it's bad? Uh, it's not bad because again there's still the odd song in it that's quite good but but was it a disappointment what's, yeah. a, what's a bad album in what's your a bad book album what's your barometer Inflamed who's had a great stuff. album and then a bad second album uh, yeah but you know what that's different because my music style has changed for example years ago I used to like indie as a lot I think a lot of indie is shit Years ago, I used but to. You just said like Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon are so indie. Kings of Leon are not indie. They're country rock. They're not indie. They're indie. They're not they're indie. indie. No, Killers are indie. Killers are indie. Ki- let me take off my thick frame spectacles. They're not indie. All right, Killers are indie. Uh, uh, Kaiser Chiefs are indie. Uh, Pigeon Detectives, the Wombats, all those <laughs> shit bands. They are indie. The Kaiser Chiefs. 
like everyone, when their first album came out, I thought, yeah, these guys are alright. Second album, absolute shit. The Killers, yeah, I, I, the I, I, Killers, their first album when they came out, yeah, these guys are alright. Second album. Alright, I want you to name a band that you love that a certain album has been shit. And um, you will admit that it's shit. And see, I, I and think, don't say Metallica because we've already mentioned Metallica. When I think, when I think of my favourite bands... I, and they've never done anything wrong. When I, 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 that, in your opinion. That's taken it out of context. No, no, but... The, you name one. Look, there are bad songs. There are genuinely bad... Bad albums. So they've never done bad albums. No. Any of them. Disagree. Yeah. Uh, I don't think... See? If an album has one good song on it, is it that a good album? No. It's a bad album. It's hard, it's hard to say, because yeah, if it was a bad album, it would be completely unlikable and you wouldn't listen to it at all. If you still I think a bad album is an album where there is only like one or two good songs on it. Because mm. that's... Shit. If 10% of the song is entirely bad. That's like watching fine. a shit film and there's like one good scene. Fine. Still a shit fine, film. Fine, fine, fine. The last Lincoln album, in that, if we're going by that standard, the last Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Park album is bad. Happy? The I'm Empire, never happy. The Empire <laughs> of the Sun album. The Empire, oh, God. The Empire of the Sun album has a couple of fantastic, fantastic songs on it, but the album as a whole is a bad album. This is going back to the, I think it was Christmas songs pod. You mentioned a band, um, Joy Formidable. Mm-hmm. Check them out, quite good. Yeah, I really like. I really like their first. I've not heard their second album. I listened to um, it was a single. Can't remember what it was called. It was like it, it, I won't go out my way to. Like, no. I won't buy an album, but I, I don't. yeah, the, the band that stabbed me in the heart. It's ma- the Mass Effect Three album for me. Which one? In Flames, Sound of a Playground Fading. Mass Effect Three. Yeah. Mass Effect Three is Mass Effect One and Two are great games. Like, but you said album. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain why. Metaphor. It's a metaphor, Dan. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Mass Effect One and Two are great games that build up to an incredible climax that doesn't does happen. Coalesce in Mass Effect Three, which turns out to be fucking wank. That's my. That's my yeah. issue. That's my issue with Living Things by Linkin Park because I I love me I love Hybrid Theory I love Meteora I love Minutes to Midnight love A Thousand Suns I do not love at all Living Things. It's just a bad album. Bad yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, bad yeah, album. But, but again, it, to that extent, as I've discussed in one of our very first pods that we did, to that extent, if we were judging it like that, I would be calling Fable Three a bad game because Fable Three was a massive disappointment for me. But I still. Played it all. I still enjoyed playing it, but it was. Ma- it's- but the, 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 this is the point. Kevin Smith fans, by and large, will take whatever shit he spews out of his ass, eat it, and like it, even if it's crap. And that's what I don't like. It's dangerous. But, it's dangerous. Yeah, that, that goes with anybody, though. But yeah, I agree. I'm a fan of anything. I agree. I'm a fan of Arnie. I will freely admit that uh, collateral damage is poor. Happily, admit Junior. That. Junior's a bit naff. Junior's. Junior's a bit naff. You've only seen it once. I've that's one too many times. <laughs> but there's... It, it's upsetting when... I, I can understand... It is upsetting. I, I know why fans it. go... Yeah, oh, I, I can understand the mentality where a fan will go. Um, say, like, in Flames. It, they did. They, let's, let's say they were, oh, Slayer. Because Slayer have released the same album about 20 times. And then they, they, they deviated <laughs> musically. And it was like, what the shit's this? That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Uh, what is it? Music and Diablo or something like that. 
That didn't happen. Ignore that. It's running blood again. Woo! Um, uh, can understand the mentality people are allowed to block it out and not what yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But, I, but if you consistently make poor films, I think you should start looking at them objectively. You should look at everything objectively, not with rose tinted glasses because. Oh, yeah, definitely. Fucking sub directors made it. I, did, I didn't particularly like Inglourious Bastards the first time I watched that, and I'm a big Tarantino fan. Mm. And of course, Death Proof speaks for itself. Death Proof, bag of shit. Um, uh, this is why I going back to the Kingsmith thing. I th- I really want you to objectively watch Red Dirt because I reckon you'll dig it because it isn't a Kingsmith flick. No, I just, I just like to stress to the listeners that whilst we're recording this, it's eight minutes to eleven. I'm I'm going to leave at eleven. I have I have bed and work to go to. So in the next eight minutes, I want to go onto what was briefly discussed earlier. I would like to see an argument here. Uh, you were saying that dressing up like Silent Bob is the same as dressing up as Darth Vader. You said it's not, so please elaborate. It is because, one, it's cosplay. One. Argument over, winner. <laughs> one is oh, a, main, a minor character from a series of films. One is an instrumental character that is universally recognised. You could dress up as Silent Bob and go and into no a shop and know, know that you're dressing up yeah. as somebody in particular. That's not what happens when you dress as Darth Vader. And also, <laughs> if you dress as no, Darth Vader... and go into a shop. You're nearly to everyone in the world will know who you're dressing up as. Yeah. And, and it then, takes effort. Yeah, and then go, ah, he's dressed as Darth Vader. He must be stealing It's something. a Saturday afternoon in Bolton. Why? Oh, there's that Why? guy over there in a hat and he's not saying anything. Yeah. It's a normal guy. Why? Why? <laughs> Why is that guy looking normal? But then it's not it's not cosplay anymore, particularly. It's, this is why it's depends. not spectacular. It depends on it's location. Not good. It's not the same level. You uh, say it's the same as dressing uh, as... Uh, let me, let me it's, it's, you it's, it's, it's the same thing. You're dressing as a film character you like. Let me address this Just to because you. one's more recognisable than another doesn't mean it's any less If someone modifies their car to become the Batmobile and then <laughs> someone just puts a... a they happen to have the same model car that's in the film that they like and they just put a bumper sticker on and maybe put a scratch in the door so it's the same scratch and same bumper sticker. It's not the same level of effort, is it? Or even the same impact as a result of it. Yeah. One's turned into the Batmobile, which doesn't look like anything else anywhere, and one's just modifying it very slightly. Uh, let me ask and you the two this. The no, let, let the me principle's ad- the same, but also this is a principle. I'm essentially doing cosplay when I've got work... Because I look professional-ish. Yeah. Let me address... <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise from The Firm because we're wearing a suit. Let me address this to Nick and Stu because you both work at the same company. If your company were to do a special for, say, Comic Relief this year... They are. We're doing something as well that's not properly planned out yet. But let's say... Okay. Hold your tongue, sir. Let's say you guys were doing something for Comic Relief and that thing happened to be, okay, come in dressed as a movie character thing. Are you saying, therefore, it would be different? Are you saying, therefore, you wouldn't go in dressed to say Ace Ventura uh, because all you'd be doing would be wearing a loud shirt over a vest? Ace Ventura is more effort because no one the technically hair. dresses like that. You have the hair as well. And it's a very specific type of wardrobe. You've got big boots on. With Shorts. striped pants going into the boots, a wife beater with a tropical shirt, and a fucking ridiculous quiff. And presumably you'd be doing a funny walk as well, and shit like that. <laughs> Whereas Silent Bob just stands with his hands in his There's people who, who go to our work who 
could pass for Silent Bob probably if they put on a cap and a trench coat. Mm-hmm. What, are so, you, what are you guys doing for comic relief? Uh, I've personally not doing anything. Uh, yeah. the, the, the Manchester <laughs> building is doing something. Yeah, my, but they don't know what it is. Shit. They've asked us to do shit to volunteer, but we don't know what for. General if it's volunteering and it's in work time, I'm glad they do it. Volunteer my own fucking time for coming relief. Right. Suck a dick. Let's let's go back to let's go back to dressing <laughs> up. Charity. Let's go back to dressing up as a movie character for comic relief for work. So what about Neo from the Matrix, where all you require is sunglasses and a black trench coat? But I mean, <laughs> are you saying are you saying you would rather? Rent a proper costume and go as Captain Jack Sparrow, or do you rather it? You know, I would rather take as little effort as possible. So, so you go, so you would go the silent Bob like because it ticks the box. Technically, I'm doing it, but I'm going. Take... This is spectacular. Wait till I get work. Everyone's gonna go wow. <laughs> and then you get there. It looks slightly more dodgy than you believe it to, and it just all falls no, apart. But... Because you've Sometimes. got a slightly overweight Jack Sparrow in corner in it, with a headset on going, I'm zany me! Sometimes oh, fuck it, off. it can be awesome. I remember being there for Halloween where Cap dressed up as um, Miss Shrek, Mrs Shrek. She looked fucking awesome. She's called Fiona. Fiona, whoever. But is that a good thing or a bad thing because she looks like a giant fat green ogre? She looked brilliant. She looked, did you oh, not think that her costume looked awesome? It was a lot of effort. It was a lot of effort and to be fair, it, it looked good. It just screams of it, stuff like that, especially for work. It so, screams like false joviality. So if it you, is. If, say it if we go, say I get hundred grand and I go, you know what, guys, we're gonna take us all to fucking um, Comic Con, but the only proviso is we've all got to dress up. Who would you dress up as? Quickly done. That is an excellent question. Uh, come back to me, I need to think. Phil, <laughs> guess no, you're after Batman. Tonight. No, Silent Bob. Silent Bob, fucking Whoa. hell. Me dressed as Batman. Fuck you know what? You know what? Actually, you know what? I'll go. I'll go Adam as... West, Batman. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> fucking <laughs> carted off. Dad could be Robin. Right, <laughs> 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 no, no, his magic is making colour that. Let's <laughs> 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 go, God. We'd walk in, fucking security, and run up to him, tackle him, and drag him. Done it, piss himself. <laughs> now, as funny as that is, there's no way I would ever go as Robin. No one wants to be Robin. Uh, I would probably go as a Heath Ledger style Joker. Heath Ledger style Joker. Yeah. The only way I could do Batman if it was from Dark Knight, Re- uh, Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> yeah, old Batman. Yeah, old. old let himself go, Batman. Batman. Yeah. What's wrong with a Heath Ledger style Joker? I bet fucking shit very specific. Yeah, you'd be one of about 70 people yeah. dressed as Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, but no, I agree, it'd be very safe to be other people there, but I'd much rather go as that Joker than normal Joker. But I bet most people do go as fucking Heath Ledger Joker. Probably. I'd, ra- I'd rather go as 1960s Joker with a fucking tat that has been bleached over by fucking makeup. Have you seen the recent Joker from the current run in DC? He looks weird. Fucking looks evil as shit. Right at the very the very first issue of Detective Comics from the New Fifty Two, um, Joker dies and has his face cut off and worn by someone else. Is it yeah. possible for you to rewind? I'm sorry to interrupt the flow. Don't, don't rewind. Right, uh, there's a guy in this advert. Nick, look out for him. I'll try and find him out if he comes back on again. That uh, the Spartacus thing. 
There's a there's a guy in there who plays Haldir in the Lord of the Rings, the one who you called unfa- the unfairly the fat, fat elf, elf. And, he, and he's fat not the guy who was so fat he could not, not move as he's speared fat. by a fucking orc. <laughs> fat elf. You know what? I've been done. No, 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 Stu. Who would you dress up as? Desperate Dan. Desperate Dan. <laughs> That's amazing. I can do look, that. That's awesome. Great, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Would you have your like comedy co pie with yes. you? Yes. But it'd be actual pie. Because <laughs> I'd be hungry. <laughs> so I can walk the floor and eat. <laughs> Nick? I'd probably like be a barbarian out of like Skyrim or something like that. Dolphin With King. my hair, my beard. And like Conan. Conan. I haven't got the body to be Conan. Oh. Hit the gym, you fucking man. <laughs> Get a fake tan. No, I'd, I'd be a... Draw a, abs on. I'd, de- I'd definitely be some kind of, of warrior. Of oh, some. you know what? I'd go as Barber Fett. Oh, awesome. with another billion Boba Fett's. Oh, mind you, he's cloned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. On that note, yeah, Dan. Fine, I'm Dan. Well, Stu. Nick. Nick. <laughs>